Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are just as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They're milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Betches Media presents. I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. That slacker barista. I start getting full of emotion. Now we're going to build this new bridge here. Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No, I can't. Betches Up Podcast. Like, how are people surviving? Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Happy Thursday. Good to catch up with you all. We've had a slightly different schedule this month with uh, with Elise joining us on Mondays. But uh, next month, we're not ready to announce yet, but uh, next month you can expect uh, more frequent episodes with the, the three of us. Yes. How you doing, Elise? Big week. It is a big week. Um, I'm still in Los Angeles. I fly back today. Um, for anyone listening, you can stream the I'm gonna CBS watch it today. showcase. There are two different virtual premiere times online that you can catch it. Um, there's you, there's a link in my bio on Insta. You can go there. I'm not. I don't remember exactly what the times are. I think it's like six and seven. Or six, whatever. Either way, if you go to the link in my bio, you can find it and you should stream the showcase because it's really good. I've got an amazing feedback from it. I think it came out really, really, really well. And um, I think the people who listen to the sup will find it funny. So go check it out. I'm not sure exactly where it will live after that. So, you know, if you want to watch it, watch it tonight at one of the premieres. Yeah, it looks really well done. You, Elise, are an actor who is having a good day. We will yes. start uh, with an actor who is having a bad day, well, although perhaps a, a deserved bad day. This headline that just dropped kind of shocked me, this mix of words, like really actually wasn't on my bingo card, even though, as we'll discuss, you know, perhaps should have been. So breaking news as of this morning, Oscar... I copied and pasted this, and now I'm annoyed because it really starts with Oscar-nominated actor Alec Baldwin. Let's just say Alec Baldwin. I don't think yeah. we yeah. have to put the Oscar-nominated sheen on every mention of a person it's charged literally, with a crime. Yeah. yeah, I know. It's literally like when a guy kills his whole family and they put a really like nice picture of him and his family on the news. It's like, Did you guys why? see the one of those this week where a man killed his wife and like five children and his like the, the funeral GoFundMe or something page was going oh. viral because people were like, this was a man of Christ who had a bad day. May his legacy live on. It was like, yes. this motherfucker killed yes. his entire family. And no an mention of like, the oh, he was a father. It's like, yeah, he was a father. Like no mention of like, murderer. he fucking did this or anything about the fucking kids or anything. Devoted of father shit. murders wife and uh, and five kids. Man, that yeah. is that is obviously a spectrum here, but um, yeah, worth remarking on. Maybe maybe Oscar nominated actor didn't need to to be there. But I will finish the sentence. As Alec Baldwin <laughs> will be charged with involuntary manslaughter in the fatal shooting of cinematographer Helena Hutchins on the New Mexico set of the Western movie Rust. Um, I don't know about you guys. You know, obviously we took this story seriously when it happened, but just rereading the details this morning, it is still shocking that this happened. That this woman died. 
So the DA announced that Alec Baldwin and the film's armorer, a word that I, I definitely only learned last year, that person who was in charge of weapons on the set, will each face two counts of involuntary manslaughter. Mm. Involuntary manslaughter is a fourth-degree felony in New Mexico and is normally punishable by up to 18 months behind bars and a $5,000 fine, which I'm sure Mr. Baldwin can cover. There is an add-on, though, involving gun use, improper gun use, that could extend that to five years. The film's first assistant director has already agreed to plead guilty to the negligent use of a deadly weapon. And the DA stated, you know, explaining why he chose these charges. If any one of these three people, Alec Baldwin, the armorer, or the assistant director, had done their job, Helena Hutchins would be alive today. It's that simple. Um, a detail I didn't know is that the film is actually going to resume filming this month with her what? widower as an executive producer, which was part of the settlement that the family got from Alec Baldwin. I thought that was really weird at first. And then it was sort of explained as like, you know, he thought her husband really thought that she would want this film to be finished. So that that part of it, I sort of. OK, asked. if that's. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it okay. doesn't really seem like a set that I would I would want to be on. But I mean, you guys are Who's both sort of watch like. watch this? Right. Right. You guys are. In, in the biz, I mean, how do you react to this? How do you, do you think this will – number? I mean, two things. Are we surprised that Alec Baldwin was charged with this serious of a crime? And also, like, do you think that this will really scare some people in Hollywood into, you know, safer conditions? I mean, I know – when when we when the news initially broke about this, I had a lot of compassion for Alec Baldwin in this moment. And, I mean, I still – like, I don't think he – it's involuntary manslaughter because I don't – he wasn't mil malicious in his intent. Like, he didn't want to shoot someone. But the more that I've, like, read and learned about the set that he, as the leader of this film, had put together and the, the lack of safety, the kind of, like, union-busting adjacent tactics of, like, mm -hmm. trying to use – uh, less qualified people trying to use non-union right. people mm -hmm. to work on the set. Like all of those things when people, when this um, DA says that like if one of these people had done their jobs, she would be here. That's what they're talking about is that like Alec Baldwin put together a set that did not have safety at the forefront. And it's really, really, really important to like, even for the CBS showcase, which is not a major motion picture. We had a safety meeting every morning with every everybody morning. just, yeah, just yeah. to talk about like anything that mm -hmm. might be going on. You know, if you're doing anything, even on the level of like small, like physical combat related stuff, mm -hmm. like we, we have a scene in the showcase where we're like beating somebody up like pretending to hit them or whatever that stuff is you're supposed to have like a safety monitor on set because people can get hurt just by you know if you're pretending to punch someone you actually could end up punching them so it's like mm -hmm. when you're dealing with a gun yeah that is that should be extended <laughs> like times a thousand and the fact that this gun was like being played with off of the mm -hmm. set and being used and loaded and being used for target practice and all of this stuff. Like that is actually just unheard of mm -hmm. behavior. Yeah. Um, in my experience or first of like, I, I am surprised, but it's also like Alec Baldwin and a bunch of people view acting as a craft and like filmmaking as this, like, you know, they get like a status of like, 
we're cutting corners. It's a, like a, a DIY mm-hmm. project. It's this, it's that. Like, like they get this, like, it's like a performative scrappiness that they get. And like, they get like some kind of status and titles, but it's like, yeah, you have to be really careful. Again, I, I've worked on a set with animals, with horses, and they had th- two animal specialists and like just making sure that the horses have enough water and food. Like these are standard things. Be- and honestly, while we were there, one of the horses fell and like somebody could have gotten hurt. The hurt horse could have gotten hurt. But it's like I could totally see somebody, you know, like Alec Baldwin who wants to make this scrappy movie. And like also it's like it's like the the, the performativeness of the mm-hmm. scrappiness. Right. Because as you were like, talking, I was like, but it's Alec Baldwin. But you're yeah. so right. He was like, no, I'm going to I'm going to do one on my own. I'm going to I don't need the yeah, these regulations the, can't hold me down. Yeah. And then also, um when like I think things really started to click for me in this industry when I started viewing everything very much like Shark Tank, like business opportunity, ROI, like you want to flip as much money as you can. So if they made this movie for half a million dollars and it made 20, 10 million dollars in theaters or whatever, it would be successful. So mm-hmm. in that way, like I'm sure again, he was trying to cut corners, but these are people's lives and and it was just negligence. The girl that they got, they got like a junior somebody. And and like, yeah, even how she was playing with the guns before. And she was like, she's like 23, 24. And then also, yeah, like this is a labor issue and it's labor rights and all of that. Like it's 100% again, union busting, all that shit. And I guess it's just like five different issues intersected in one. But at the end of the day, like, if you if you want to there's ways to do a scrappy film that don't have people in danger, you know? Right. And also like you know what? Cool if Alec Baldwin wants to make a like low budget whatever scrappy picture. Maybe don't pick a script that requires mm-hmm. you to be shooting a gun. Like, <laughs> right. That's like what you everything everywhere do. all at once is pretty scrappy. Like doesn't like looks like they but they didn't need any guns. <laughs> like they just found fun fingers. Yeah, well, and it's just like you have ways. to you have to pick. Yeah, <laughs> you have to like think about if a project can be done that way. Like if you want to do a low budget indie film and you want to make it, it's like, OK, well, number one, how, where do we cut the budget? You can't mm-hmm. be cutting the budget with the armorer who mm-hmm. holds the gun. And also it's like, what is the value of making this movie on a low budget if we need to have gunshots and like, yeah, maybe just we, don't do a Western without. Yeah. It. Like, okay. We need shots of the lead literally pointing a gun at the camera and firing it. This is maybe mm. not a movie that can be done on a shoestring yeah. budget then. Yeah. And again, like the, the reason why, or you need a level of creativity when you don't have much resources and I think that's mm-hmm. like the performativeness of it, but mm-hmm. the creativity, they needed to go back to the drawing board. Somebody lost their mom. Like she was a mother and she's also just what mother or not. She was like a human being who, you know, didn't deserve to die this way. And um, honestly, the first thing I thought of when her husband was being executive producer is literally R. Kelly, <laughs> like how R. Kelly makes all his victims' families exec producers on every single record he makes. 
like when they settle out of court or something so that they get residuals for every time, you know, and that's kind of the penance. And it's just like, yeah. And I'm sure Alec Baldwin thought that that would stop there. And like, yeah, yeah, I like the DA stated it perfectly because sometimes you hear involuntary manslaughter things and it's like, yeah, it was an accident. It doesn't matter. Somebody died because of that accident. And people are going to see now that you cannot cut this type of corner unless you want to go to jail. Um, I am not convinced that Alec Baldwin will go to jail. Um, or will be found guilty here. Maybe he'll settle for something. I, I can see that, maybe that path. But yeah, I don't know if he'll go to jail. I think the armor is in big freaking trouble. Yes, this, they were like, so fucking negligent. Like, yeah. And I'm pretty sure that the situation is that she's the daughter of a really famous armorer, exactly. which is kind of funny that she's like an armorer Nepo baby. And like, yeah. God, <laughs> Nepo Nepo babies go to like kill people. Yeah. And, but I mean, the level of negligence that was displayed there is really, 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 yeah, it's really outrageous. Alec Baldwin's negligence, I mean, was also deadly, but it was like, I don't know, in kind of a more passive way of just being kind of dumb about something, like not thinking about the overall effect that you're decisions are going to have like down the line but this girl was literally playing with this gun and taking it out places and shooting it and playing games with it and that and did fully hand it to Alec Baldwin and say this is not a loaded gun or whatever the you're supposed to say when you hand a not Mm -hmm, loaded gun mm -hmm. to someone so that I mean that is really I I think that we that this girl will probably go to jail Mm mm-hmm Dumbass. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, but yeah. Speaking of dumbasses, yeah. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. 
And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. It's a, It's been a few days since we checked in in detail on George Santos or George Anthony Devolder or the Brazilian drag performer known as Kitara Rivache. Uh, the most yeah, interesting. I was, I'm not sure that Kitara Rivache. I guess with in Portuguese Rivache feels like it might be correct. I was saying Kitara Rivache. Yeah, I like Rivache, uh, but, <laughs> but assuming it's Rivache, Kitara. The most interesting update of the week, of course, is uh, reporting by Marissa Cabas revealing that George Santos competed in a drag competition in Brazil in 2008. You know, drag wasn't even a new hobby for Santos, known to the person who revealed this as Anthony. They first met in 2005 when this source said his drag game was terrible. They were like, he just had like a black sheath dress. But they were like, a couple of years later, suddenly he had all this nice shit. Like, I don't know where he got all the all of the money. Uh, we're looking at a few pictures here. <laughs> George Arabian, Santos says this isn't him. The Saudi Arabian government has been <laughs> George Santos. George Santos is drag. Okay, wait. That was a joke. This is clearly, please, please, was ever listening. Sorry. Uh, Um, So we're looking at some pictures. You know, (laughs) he looks he looks like a person in drag, and we obviously could not care less if anybody does drag. But the issue, of course, is that he's run on anti-gay policies. George Santos or whoever he is, his back Florida's don't say gay bill, which prohibits classroom discussion of sexual orientation and gender identity. And fellow members of his party, I mean, every other day we see them harassing drag performers trying to read books uh, to kids at the library. Or even drag performers who are literally just doing Existing. drag performances like uh, for adults. Yeah. Like, they, they've, yeah. Yeah, they've, they've actually started just targeting like any drag show that's going on. There was like a Christmas themed one in Florida that Ron DeSantis was getting all crazy about. So it's like not even just like ones that supposedly kids are going to be at. It's just like <laughs> fully any drag. in on the picture of George Santos in the dock I'm, uh, and making it I'm, bigger. Listen, I'm looking at the eyebrows the and I'm eyebrows trying to decide tragic. if they're good or they're bad. They're bad. Yeah. He covered them nicely. Yeah, but it's like, is this 2008? Because, right. you know, the thin brows were in. <laughs> but I feel like that's what... But then this dress is a little nicer. So it, it might be nice. a more recent yeah, one. Yeah, the jewelry is great. It's interesting because after his statement, I think this this drag performer was him being like, I never... That wasn't me. I never did that. Put up this even, like, crisper uh, picture. So also, Santos has had to respond to allegations that he failed to deliver on promises made to pet owners when claiming to raise money for animal rescue. He's accused of stealing $3,000 in funds that were raised for a life-saving surgery for a homeless veteran's dog. And there are alleged text messages of um, this veteran and George Santos trying to communicate over where the money is. And George Santos is being a real asshole. He's like, well, first of all, I I, I, I transport dogs, not humans. Like, we won't be taking you anywhere. And um, I don't know if we know the fate of the dog. Personally, I don't want to know. But both of these together 
have forced George Santos to release the most hilarious set of statements I've ever, I've ever seen. They're just stacked in a row. The first one says, the reports that I would let a dog die is shocking and insane. My work on animal advocacy was the late was a labor of love and hard work. Over the past 24 hour, I have received pictures of dogs I helped reduce throughout years al- along with supportive messages. So that's an iconic typo. What did he mean to say? He's reduced the lives of dogs. <laughs> Pictures, Pictures of dogs, of dogs he- I helped reduce. Rescue. 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 And then he says, these distractions won't stop me. And then he also, again, denies the drag performance. He says, the most recent obsession, obsession from the media, claiming that I am a drag You know what? I'm kind of obsessed with it. Fair. That I, I am, am a drag obsessed. queen <laughs> or performed as a drag queen is categorically false. I know this guy lies, but like it is him. It's him in the picture. There's a picture of you, bro. Like there's a picture of you and it looks great. Like I do want to move on to the next line of this tweet, which says the media continues to make outrageous claims about my life while I'm working to deliver results, which is like, babe, you're the one making outrageous claims about your life. <laughs> We're no reporting one- <laughs> on the claims that you No make. one is making more outrageous claims about your life than you. The <laughs> call is coming from inside. <laughs> the house like somebody somebody commented literally literally somebody commented on the drag thing and was like god the only thing this man hasn't lied about is that his name is george santos and somebody else had to be like no he's lied about that yeah he actually goes by anthony Anthony devolder DeVolder. as well and the guy the guy video was like oh shit and katara of course oh man um First of all, I'm, you know, I think for him, I'm just fascinated. I love it. You I know, mean, you I have been worried. using the term iconic. Iconic. Iconic, it's you iconic know behavior, technically speaking. Well, I'm just excited that there's somebody bringing the old razzle. Because I was worried about the Republicans. I was scared. I mean, I, you should be scared. They're still evil, whatever. But <clears throat> I was scared that post-Trump... It would be just all milk toast, like secret Republicans, like Paul Ryan, doing actual constant harm. Yeah, and not any of the fun razzle dazzle exactly shit that George Santos is bringing to the table. Yeah, and this is why we got to diversify the standard, not just in race, gender, mm-hmm. sexual orientation, but in fucking clownery. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the insurrection really, you know. It changed it changed the vibe for a bit and it made it hard to laugh at these clowns when their main thing <laughs> was a coup. Uh, and I yeah. do really, you know, split government does make for really good content because not a lot gets done, which mm-hmm. is bad, but there's just a lot of talking. And so mm-hmm. it's just quite it's quite a lot of fodder. I mean, again, you know, does this man I forget we mentioned Bridget had this idea and I forgot to make sure we executed on it, but we were gonna see who would last longer, George Santos or a head of lettuce. And he's really He's really pushing it. He's really extending it. I actually think he's going to have to get voted out Durability. of office. Like yeah, he, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's the Republicans will lose anything. They don't give a no, shit. No, they're shit. they're not they going to give committee. up the seat. I know he's on the small business committee, which is so funny when every single business that he has been linked to has been either false or fraudulent. And And the science, space, and And technology, which is notoriously reliant on factual information. Oh, my God. Well, this is what I was also saying. It's like I won't be distracted or phased. Like I'm going to work to deliver results. What results are you delivering, George Santos? George Santos with your... 
<laughs> Somebody says his RuPaul glasses. Uh, <laughs> if you, no side by side, if you do the glasses that he took, the glasses where he took a picture in, and the glasses RuPaul take mm-hmm. in Drag Race, oh it's the same glasses. I hope. But, so. I hope a contestant dresses up as him. Oh my god! What do you think George Santos does after work? I mean, <laughs> huh? What's uh, yeah? I'm like, okay, if you're. If you're performing another question, if you're performing George Santos drag doing George Santos, which I'm sure the Brooklyn drag queens are already doing, Mm -hmm. what song are you performing? Because it was a beautiful liar by Shakira Beyonce. Right, right. (laughs) I I feel like like it's got to be beautiful liar by Shakira Beyonce or something Brazilian. Mm-hmm. I just wonder at a certain just point, it's like there and watch. <laughs> love the way you lie. <laughs> That's the opening song. You know, they start with the slow song right. and then go to the like techno remix of it. Right. Say my I name. Just- <laughs> <laughs> I bet I'm losing dogs by uh, Mitski. Oh um, no! <laughs> sorry. A beautiful um, lie. There's really a yeah. I think that you could really do um. What's it called? A medley. I think there could really be yeah. a medley there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Science, space, and technology. I would love to see someone do George Santos for Snatch Game on the next season of RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> they simply must. They, they simply change must. into Katara Ravash mm-hmm. in the middle. In <gasps> like, and Ru is like, ah! Um, <laughs> I, th- I think it would play well. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. All right. Dramatic transition here to an unproblematic fave. So Jacinda Ardern announced yesterday that she will be stepping down as Prime Minister of New Zealand. Let's listen to a clip. And so today I'm announcing that I will not be seeking re-election. And that my term as Prime Minister will conclude no later than the 7th of February. This has been the most fulfilling five and a half years of my life. I am leaving because with such a privileged role comes responsibility. The responsibility to know when you are the right person to lead and also when you are not. I know what this job takes and I know that I no longer have enough in the tank to do it justice. It's that simple. So Ardern has served since 2017, so nearly six years. I mean, I reacted to her announcement with like, oh my God, already, but six years is not an inconsiderable amount of time to do a very difficult job. And uh, as a refresher, she became the world's youngest female head of government in 2017. I think somebody has since broken that record. I'm not sure. She welcomes our Finland yeah, babe. The, yeah, the Finland. Merit. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Where's the Finland babe getting COVID and having people scissor <laughs> Stay in the White House? <laughs> She's going to step down and be like, I got a party. I got a party. Yeah. She uh, just sent her and welcome her first child while in office in 2018 and brought her baby to the floor of the UN General Assembly. I just remember hearing that she had her first baby like shortly after being elected and just 
crazy. She led the nation through some really challenging times, uh, most notably perhaps the Christchurch massacre and resulting ban on assault rifles. She has also just provided countless iconic moments that showed a new side of female leaders. Some of my favorites were more recent. We have a compilation of these going up on our Instagram when she artfully eviscerated a reporter's dumb question about why she was hanging out with Finland's also female prime minister, and another one when she was recently caught on hot mic calling an opposition leader an arrogant prick. Um, Maybe when you start calling people arrogant pricks out loud at work, you're like, I got, I can't do this. This isn't good for me anymore. But have we ever heard a resignation quite like this? I'm just saying this is also iconic behavior. Is she a millennial? Technically, right? I think she's an elder millennial. She's an elder millennial. Listen, elder millennial is just like, hey, I'm going to quit because this is, <laughs> I've got burnout. Mm-hmm. Honestly, iconic behavior up there with George Santos to me. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Episode of icons. Episode of icons. Not, yeah. Not Alec Baldwin. Not, not Alec Baldwin. I do think like. I don't know. It is interesting because I feel like there's always my whole life been this thing of like showing pictures of presidents all weathered by the job, Mm -hmm. like from their first day to last day. And it's like it's I do think it's powerful to have someone who's like, you know what? I'm a new mom. I I led a country through a massacre, through a pandemic, through Mm -hmm. all of this stuff. And I don't have it in me to do all of this Again, I know also this is an election year for them and like her party's not really doing well. So they probably like, I mean, what was going to be asked of her over the next couple months? Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah. I get that. She said, I don't have gas in the tank to like be the leader of a party that's about to lose seats in a general election and run the country and do all the things that need to be done here. Mm-hmm. There are so many people that, lose their gas, their gas tanks are empty, but they mm-hmm. don't have the selflessness. They're just sort of like, well, <laughs> I'm going to stay in this job. I get an income. So it does feel kind of radical for her to say it is not appropriate or fair to the country if I am not willing to or able to give it all to continue to be in this role. I mean, yeah, we know Ruth said the same thing before she stepped down. Ruth was 87. Uh, yeah. We don't really talk about on this podcast if RBD should have stepped down earlier. But, uh, well. <laughs> um, you know, this woman's 42. And you think about some people in our government that are not super effective, um, not to be ageist, but who are who are very, very old. And it's just like, I don't know. I just hope it's sort of a new model of being like, it's not really about me or my mm-hmm. ambition or me having this job. And paired with her clearly personal feelings that she's just exhausted. I mean, she does, she does, not to be, I don't want this to sound sexist, but like she does look exhausted. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I imagine she's quite tired, but, uh, but she's like, I'm actually just not wearing makeup. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually just not wearing makeup today. Stop asking me if I'm tired. Um, (laughs) But I do think like it is. It is both like a self-empowered act and a selfless act because it is her saying like, number one, I'm listening to my own self. I'm not going to put myself through a job that is draining me when I have a young child and other things going on. And it's also saying it's not okay for someone Mm -hmm. to be like a half-hearted leader Mm -hmm. of a nation in just the six years that she's been doing the job massively huge crises have arisen for her to have to work through. And I think it's important for someone to say, you know what, like, I don't have it in me to like, I don't know if some other shit goes down. I'm not all here for this job. Yeah. I, I, 
I think that, again, like, I know I said, like, millennial behavior, but I mean, just in the way that even, I'm thinking about, like, how even storytelling has changed recently, where, like, in Disney movies and stuff, it was all about, like, this big bad villain, and now it's about, like, generational trauma and all this stuff, and, like, about putting boundaries and all that, like, I really am excited to think about the future of leadership where it's like, yeah, if you're not going to do a good job, get out of there. And if you're not enjoying it and like also like life is short, you know, and you got to do what you can. And I think that there's a lot of like, you know, and I do, there is a shift morally and, and all this stuff. You see it on TikTok, you see it on the Um the nobility of being burnt out of being of working yourself to the bone is not there anymore. And it's actually more noble to take a step back and give a chance to someone else. Um, and yeah, like hopefully with younger, fresher leadership, uh, we can, you know, we can see more of that of like, you know what, actually like, this is not the vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is not the vibe. Like, yeah. let me take a step back and, you know, you, oh, fuck. Can you imagine? I'm just like, she's probably going to go to the best spas. <laughs> I know. I do just wonder, like, what do you do next? Like, you've had the highest position in government in your country. So it's like. And you're only 42. Yeah. Right? Because, like, normally you would end that position, but you're kind of old. And it's like, okay, I'm retiring now. I'm going to be go be an ex leader ex-prime minister i don't know how what ex-prime minister's roles type of typically are in new zealand yeah she'll write a book i i mean definitely book yeah she could be like obama and but like that is so funny to think about you're shit. you're so right i mean with the exception of obama most world leaders are so elderly that their stepping down is also their retirement and they just become sort of thought leaders. But yeah, she's got like, imagine, like, imagine like applying for a job and they're like, can we see your resume? <laughs> You're like, I was the prime minister of New Zealand of um, this and then nation. There's a little bit of a gap because I took a break for burnout mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. shouldn't penalize me for that. People are like, okay, Miss Ardern, why do you have a gap in your yeah. resume? <laughs> It's like, um, I took a break after being yeah. the prime minister for six years. <laughs> took a small break. The other, you know, final thing here with this that I, I was surprised by how struck I was by this just because, you know, it really is telling of how few prominent female leaders we have when, you know, one is going to drop from the fray, one of the more popular ones. And, you know, it does make me think that there are society and the internet is very Eurocentric and white centric and how it celebrates women leaders. And there are women leaders in Asia and Africa that deserve more attention, but it was quite sobering to sort of see this sort of like pillar who we could always rely on for like a, a good feminist moment and for like a, an iconic clap back, um, to sort of like fall. And I'm sure she sort of had that felt that responsibility too. You know, I just imagine like, not only are you stepping down from this job leading your country, but an entire gender that has sort of admired you. Um, And I think she kind of just sort of like redefined female leadership because all of her reactions were just very, not even just that moment where she was like, this isn't really about me being a woman. She just had such a like steady reaction to everything. Um, She was just so fun to watch. There is obviously there's, there are many female leaders, but again, what uh, Jacinda really symbolized too is like, she's actually someone who, again, like, really embodied feminism had really great progressive policies acted fast moved fast and like embodied 
the things that make female leaders incredible. And I feel like f- there have been many female leaders, but again, that marker of success for a long time to be a female leader is to copycat males or mm-hmm. to like play into your conservatism even more or try to keep, you know, tr- you know, like a Margaret Thatcher, like try to keep the rules and traditions as much as possible, you know, not change, not shake anything mm-hmm. up because you want to just like assimilate and to have somebody who's like, str- I don't want to say lean in, but like really mm-hmm. like, you know, not hide from her femininity. Like not I think the- embody what you said is the perfect way embody, to put it. Yeah. Like embody. Yeah. Being a feminist leader. You know, with these feminist policies, with these groundbreaking policies, banning assault rifles in 10 days from the whole fucking country. Like, come on, you know, Mm -hmm. not just like there's been plenty of female leaders like, you know, throughout history, but Mm -hmm. none quite like this. Yeah. And as we've learned, they're not all quite like stan worthy. (laughs) We're not really going to we can't really pivot to our Italian girl boss. (laughs) No, Miss. No. This is such a like weirdly uh, slow news week. So I wanted to, we could talk about the debt ceiling more, but it's really just going to be a, I saw a headline recently that was like the debt ceiling fight is going to take us through summer, which will be so exciting. I can't wait. And in the meantime, Janet Yellen will keep moving money around. So we do have some time to talk about what's getting us through the week. Is there anything you've uh, been leaning on this week, guys? Hi. I went to a yoga class yesterday. The yoga class turned into post-class drinks. Which turned into four bottles of wine, which turned into ended at carry. It was not that's great. the best New York day when you like leave at five or leave in the morning, and then you just don't get home until the next day. And you're like, "What the hell happened?" So that's what's getting me yoga and socializing. How about yoga you, Elise? Socializing. You've had a busy week. Yeah, I mean, I've been out here. So I guess what's getting me through the week is the CBS showcase. And again, everyone should take a second and some time to stream it tonight because it was really funny and it came out really great. And I'm just really excited for people to see it and for um, just the, like everything that comes for the cast as a result because they were really amazing and are so funny in it. Mm-hmm. Lovely. I think... I, nothing has really helped me get through this week. I've just had a week. <laughs> but we've been preparing for the 50th anniversary of Roe versus Wade, or what would have been the 50th anniversary will be on Sunday. So we're working to create some content and initiatives um, around that. So it's not like as depressing. I'd say a humidifier is getting me through the week. Millie, I, I've been talking to Millie. I don't want to blow up my husband's spot too much, but if you have a partner that snore, you know, it's really tough. <laughs> it's a really tough part of your relationship because this poor man doesn't understand why he wakes up and I'm like stomping around furious at him in the middle of the night. But a humidifier has made all the difference. If you snore and or your partner tells you you snore or your partner snores and it could be allergy related, get a humidifier. humidifier. We tried like nearly everything else and nothing worked. And last night was like the first night recently that I uh, got a good night's sleep because it's like he doesn't do it all the time. So I was like, surely this is environment dependent. And finally... Finally, we got a humidifier, and I woke up and my skin was glowing. So I strongly recommend a humidifier. Oh, good. That's a. We good need a finds newsletter. We need like our our favorites newsletter. Let us know if you would like that. <laughs> I I have a, a few. <laughs> Your iconic I, rice cooker. Oh yeah. Well, you don't even know about the ninja grill that I got. The indoor smokeless grill. Is it really Guys. smokeless? No, but <laughs> I mean, you have to know what setting. It's a whole thing, but yeah. I'm obsessed with it. I can make hot dogs and burgers inside, grilled chicken. 
It's a the Airbnb my family stayed at had it, and it over the holidays, and I bought one. And yeah, let's get this fine thing. Mm-hmm. Do you feel as strongly about your indoor grill as Republicans do about gas stoves? Um, I feel like I feel stronger. Uh, but you know, <laughs> what are these people? What are these people cooking that they need fucking gas? You know what I mean? That's what like, I was thinking. Like your unseasoned casseroles yeah. go in the in oven. In the oven. That's what I'm saying. Like nothing that, you know, these people cook requires gas. Exactly. It's, well, I was just going to say like, Millie, we've talked about how it's like some conservatism. So some of conservatism is just like an opposition to all change of any yeah. kind. And it's mm-hmm. like, like you can't tell me that the day before finding out that maybe we would move away from gas stoves at some point in the future, the, any of these people had a single feeling about gas stoves. And I bet a lot of them, like when they move to a new home, get an electric stove because those are nicer and newer anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, it's not going in and banning. It's literally like, Hey, when we build new houses, let's not build them with gas stoves. Right. Because kids with asthma, maybe, maybe not good. Right. I mean, literally, these are people who would be like, I love my asbestos. Like, what are you fucking talking about? Okay, this is again, this is again why, you know, I get confused. Because if you're a white person and you believe in the white replacement theory, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. Why are you continually doing things that you will get you replaced? (laughs) Like injecting yourself with horse paste. Do using gas stoves. Using gas stoves. There's a million things that I'm like, like. It was just so like, funny when they're like, "You can pry it from my cold, dead hands." It's like, yes, because you'll have whatever poisoning you can get from it. There's like 80 ways. It's like, bro, like let's secure. Let's yeah, make no sure. vaccines. No vaccine. Like you guys are making like. I'm not saying I think they're in for some surprises in 2024 with all of their people dying of avoidable health conditions and millennial and Gen Z people coming of age. They're 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 in for it. That is our show for today. We will see you next week. Until the end of democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman for Millie Tamarez and Elise Morales. This is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sasmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sasmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.